Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing, suing the pants off of all other podcasts, podcasts. <laughs> I realized I never checked our levels before we started. Hey, oh, okay. Are they that's good? good? That's we, a good level. Do we need to do it again? No, I think we're good. Awesome. Uh, this first If ad, your podcast has ever had a glitch, we're going to sue you. <laughs> yeah, that's our intellectual property. Intellectual. Uh, uh, doing, doing things wrong. Uh, this ad was sent to us by Tobias Johnson. And it is for a wide neck Schecter slash Ibanez custom hybrid. Yeah, it says uh, hybrid. Schecter. How is that pronounced? Oh, is it spelled hybrid? High. Isn't hybrid it, spelled with an that's, I? That's hybrid, not hybrid. Hybrid. Yeah. Is br- this bred together highly? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where does this? I've, I've seen either this builder stuff. This modifier stuff, or someone who does something similar. Before. I wanted. I wanted to make a joke about Alabama, but this was this item is located in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Whoops. Well, they do. They do swap out like different like letters in their words compared to us. Oh yeah. So maybe that is the way it's spelled over there. I was just gonna make a joke about the word bread. Like they spell gray differently, and the way to remember is American gray has an A in it for American. Uh, English gray has an E. Really, in it for I've never thought about it that way, and I also don't know when it is or isn't appropriate to use it. So, like the pedal, the loophole is the gray matter is yeah, with an E, right? It's with an E. But then the Earthquaker pedal is the gray matter with an A, or the gray channel with an A. I don't remember, but probably. no, it is with an A. Yeah, because uh, I got in a fight on YouTube with, about about it with somebody the other day so oh, cool. i had to make sure i spelled it right <laughs> um, all right schecter ibanez custom wide neck if you have passed by this way a few days back you might think you've seen the same guitar but looking different that is true it was here a perfect option so here you go jeez man so there's a lot of text i know this is all about function single coil use alone or so bring the about bridge pickups. Pickup. that's not the interesting part blah blah no, then the let's okay. get to the interesting. So, part. Okay, the body came as an old Schecter black check body, which appeared body wood, and then the white over that, and a sky blue You're still blue not layer. to the interesting part. Has a look of its own above all, and plays and sounds well or better than other guitars you would play a thousand pounds for. Oh my gosh, there's another page of words. I'm telling you, there's a lot of words. You're not at the interesting part uh. yet. The interesting thing about this guitar is that he's taken a seven string, subtracted a string, and then converted the nut and the bridge saddles to make it a six string guitar with wider spacing between the strings. He never actually says that outright. What? Yeah. Why were you reading all that crap? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's what we do. I always just read the description. <laughs> Look at this. I guitar. don't do very many things well, Ryan. And reading is one of the things I do actually do well. And it's the one thing I don't do well at all. Yeah, that's why we're the best at what we do. <laughs> yeah, we, we fill out each other's uh, weak spots. But anyways, I, I think I've seen this guy's work before. If not his and someone else doing something similar... People are taking seven-string guitars and they're making them into six-string guitars so that there's wider spacing between the strings for people that have big hands, apparently, or feel that they have big hands. I feel like both you and I have fairly big hands. I have small hands. You have small hands? I feel like I, like I have small hands, hands and they for they look big size. to me, Steve. Maybe because my hands are big. I don't know. We've done this before. Our hands we are similar, similar size. size. Yeah. I don't think you have small hands at all. I, maybe I just have lean hands. <laughs> but you know what? Like, what... I what do you think of this mod? I hate it. You hate it? It's just dumb. Do you think anyone would get any use like any value? I mean, that? I can't say like that it's not useful. It's just like Can you have you played a seven string before? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't like this because well, I'm what I'm where I'm coming from is okay. Like for example, the tunematic bridge is a tunematic bridge, and then oh yeah, we'll just remove this center saddle. Right, but what do you, do you see? What he did is he recut where the strings rest on the bridge saddles. Do you see this? Yeah. And like the middle two strings are barely hanging off the saddles. Yeah, it's but pretty bad. He made it so like the string spacing is correct, but like the, a big problem here is that the strings don't line up with the pull pieces on the pickup anymore because there's seven strings. The, well, that's probably why he used the uh, the blade at yeah, single coil too. The blade at the neck. I think conceptually this is interesting, but like I've never met anyone who's like. I fit, I tried to play guitar. I physically couldn't do it because my hands are too big. Like there's right. there's people out there playing mandolin right now mm-hmm. at this very moment with regular sized hands, and I I can barely understand that, but they're doing it. This is about three hundred and eighty three hundred ninety U.S. dollars on the last conversion rate I looked at um, because this is again this is in the U.K. Um, what would you be willing to? pay for this let's well, here's just get the, to it here's the thing like if i'm one of these people who's like i absolutely have to have this then that, i feel like that's a good price you know what's interesting is it's it's so you know going but back i to, don't i'm never gonna look at this and be like oh yeah i've been curious about trying stuff for my big hands because yeah. regular guitars just haven't been doing it for me the problem is my hands are too big well, so, so like, like to me it doesn't to me this is worthless i guess for what it's worth like a lot of people who i have met who say that they have like big hands don't actually have like they don't have like long fingers they don't have long hands they have like meat hook hands sure sure so they got thick fingers um the like the guy who i got my jag saying thank from, you for not saying fat hands steve it's very offensive your hands aren't fat they're beautiful <laughs> um that's an that's an old old joke um did I derail the train there. <laughs> that was the thing that you would always say, and then I, right now I was gonna be like that. That's that joke is the reason it took Ryan so long to find a girlfriend. <laughs> so what you're gonna say? You're, uh, meat hook hands. Yeah. So it's like I think a lot of like people who have big hands that would maybe that benefit from this. It's because like the it's not even that their hands are like long or anything. It's that they have like really like thick fingers. Sure. Like sausage fingers. Yeah, and uh, so they can't like, muscular. So they need more fingers. space between. Is that what it is? They need more space between the strings. Um, I don't know what makes fingers bigger or smaller. Yeah, I don't either. I bet it's like something like you wouldn't it's even know just, about. Like it's probably just genetic. Some of all the one the one guy I knew was like I think in construction or something. Okay, so he just may have like just had like calluses. Some, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He was just always like he'd put like tiny little weights on his fingers, and he's like, oh yeah, feel the burn. <laughs> One, two, three. I don't know. He's taking those finger supplements. He's got the fingers ripped. What's the one that they show that they try to like? They sell in guitar stores where you put it on each of your fingers and you just go like this. Oh my gosh! Because you need that strength to open your fingers. Um. Yeah. I I feel like the he's done like a fairly good setup here too. He's he's put yeah a picture of the the uh, the action at the first fret and it is lightning fast like. It's hard for me to believe that that's even playable. It's so low. Like, I worry about it spreading out. I guess my thing is just like, okay, I understand the need for a wide neck. How wide of a neck do you need? 
Like this is gonna be pretty wide. Like every time I've picked up a seven string, it's like, oh my gosh, it's a little like, extra. I cannot. No, for sure. I can barely get my fingers up to that top uh, but, string but, there because I'm not used to it right. being so wide. And so I mean, I guess that's like if that's what you need. I guess that's that's kind of crazy. I feel like there aren't there guitars out there that are just naturally wider. Yeah, at the nut. Yeah. I'm trying. I, I can't think of a specific, like, oh, well, I guess like the easy one is like a um, Japanese-made Fender. Typically, especially like if it's a vintage-style Japanese Fender, has a all-around smaller neck, right? Than like so, like my Strat. Well, my Strat's a weird one, but um, every, basically every Japanese Fender I've played, the neck has been like on the small side of what I would sure. expect for that model. I feel like guitar nuts are generally pretty, like consistent but i know that there's a big jump in nut weights nut widths with bases like going from like a sure. p bass to a j- jazz yeah, bass and like things the, like that the neck between a jazz and a p bass are are pretty different uh, the, i'd say the neck but typically like the neck uh, the neck between the same model strat and telecaster are going to be pretty similar but once you get like outside of like any sort of like brand limits i mean I've played Ibanez guitars where the neck was like yeah, like some of the shutter on guitars the smaller side, but then some they of the shredder ones really wide are in the neck, though. yeah, they're like really wide, but they're flat, so they yeah. they have like the same mass of wood, mass of wood. Yeah, what, what do you think? There's any reasoning to this tuner tilt that he's got going on here? He's done it symmetrically, as in like they tilt out the same angle. Like every other tuner, but I don't get what he's trying to. I don't think there's a attempt there. I think if anything, it's maybe he's just thinking like, well, if you got some big old sausage fingers, maybe you need a little space between your keys. Maybe that's it. He's doing everything he can to like give you as much space for your fingers as possible. Like, how do you even get to the point where you're playing guitar if your fingers are that big? To the point where you're like, I really need a big guitar now. I don't know. It's pretty. But people are making a bunch of these. Like I said, I've seen them before. So maybe there's ones out there that I would look at and be like, okay, I get it, but this isn't one of them. You don't get this one. I mean, like, I understand. No, I'm saying the build quality I've seen before is like this same thing. That neck joint is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want a metal plate. And so I thought, oh, I should make a set neck. And then I was like, no, I want to be able to put a different seven string neck on this guitar. So I decided to, like, okay, cool, I guess. Yeah. I feel like, what was it, 345 or something like that? 390, 380. If this wasn't a specialized guitar, if this was just a regular guitar with these finishing issues and and crazy stuff like that, I'd just be like, there's no freaking way. Yeah. Because it is a specialized thing, and it looks like the person did a decent setup on the action and stuff like that. Like, I kind of feel like his price is fair. Is that I mean, weird? He's taken like the neck off of a. But he's made a specialized thing for like a very specialized audience. Yes. Special but that's like, oh, I make this bicycle for kids. I make this bicycle for five year olds. But I also make a bicycle for five year olds that has permanent training wheels for disabled five year olds. And I'll charge you $500 more. But also, I ran over with my car 10 times. It's like, uh, oh, I'm trying to sell my car, but I modified the front seat so that it kind of like overlaps the passenger seat. 
and like the way everything's set up now, like a normal person could never drive it because yeah, it's, set, a, it's set up for uh, for uh, conjoined twins to drive or yeah, something like yeah. that. As like, oh, and by the way, I've taken an angle grinder to the paint job, yeah, and then like ground it down, then like repainted it, then ground it again, and it looks really bad. But hey, uh, here's this car that's uh, specific to con- like conjoined twins. To oh, drive. by the way, I drove my car into the ocean and didn't bother to retrieve it until low tide. Don't worry, it goes really fast still. Though. That's what I mean. That's <laughs> but what I mean. But if you're like, a conjoined twin and you see that car, you're like, "That's the only car I can buy." <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. This isn't the only guitar those people can buy. Like, you think people with big fingers can buy other guitars? Yeah, I think they okay. can. Just stick to classical big finger guys. <laughs> but why not try the long guitar? The long guitar? Yeah, the Boss. Oh my jeez. <laughs> Oh my jeez! I heard you did. I heard you did some long guitar stuff. I did some long guitar stuff with Patrick Hunter, and it was yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And I did my own uh, long guitar video. Oh, cool! I uh, we'll get into that with yeah, the yeah. what's new. Yeah. So do we want to do that right now? Yeah. Here we are. We found ourselves in the place that we were trying to get to. Hey, Steve, what's new? Uh, I got a pedal the other day. Oh yeah. I got my uh, Dunlop Mini X. X. Finally. Yeah, I ordered that like a month ago. No, I mean finally, like you finally made the decision to buy a. Good I made the decision pedal. like a month ago. No, I'm saying you should have made it like a year and a half ago when I got I mine. I have like two of. I now I I'm trying to figure out if I want to buy a second one and for two boards or I haven't even used it yet. <laughs> so you haven't even like set custom tension on it or anything no. like that. Yeah. Is that so, what that tool's for? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a very long tool. I don't remember if it comes floppy or if it comes really stiff, but like I spent some time tweaking it, figuring out exactly how I like mine. I've just left it ever since I got it. Do you it. like it floppy or stiff? I got right? it a little stiff. Like kind of in between. Like semi-hard. Yeah, semi-hard. That's how I like my volume pedal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I got that, and then uh, I was looking at... Were you still rocking the Mini More lead before? Yeah. That? Okay. And I like that. You know, I like that one, but... I mean, if you like a smaller. volume pedal that just turns on and off with no throw between... No, you can... I mean, you just gotta, like... There's a little bit of a You just play. gotta goose it. You, it's got a learning curve. Um, I'm Meaning just that it barely for, has any curve on I'm that taper at I'm all. I'm just looking forward to having a volume pedal again that doesn't require a power supply. I know. I think you're going to really love it once you get on your board. You're going to yeah. be like, oh, man, it's so small. It's so convenient. No power. It's great. Yeah. And then uh, I got that the new X Solid Studio from you, and I yeah. tried to use it. And uh, lo and behold, the BS410, because I'm a dumbass, it's not a base 410. It's a basement 410. So I used it at rehearsal, and I was talking well, to – Well, the basement was originally designed yeah, for but a bass so, guitar. So uh, I was looking at the manual like during rehearsal, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And then afterwards, I like talked to my sound guy, and I was like, "Hey, well, how was the bass going through this week? I, it seemed like there were some noise issues, and we were having a bunch of other issues." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. It just seemed really like mid focused." And I was like, "Yep, that makes sense. That sounds about right." Yep. I didn't so, intend you, for you to use it on bass, Steve. I thought you were going to use that on guitar. No. I'm trying to put together but a bass board. When I use that thing, I don't look at the model numbers on anything i close my eyes i turn the cab knob and then i turn the mic knob and right. I, I land i land on whatever i think sounds good yeah i couldn't find but the problem is is like none of them really have like a strong bass response and the, because the, there's no eqing on it there's not really sure. anything you can do about it i mean you have like the mic positioning can like add a little bit yeah yeah um but i need to just download i wonder if the- you turn off 
the amp side of it completely and just rely on the cab and mic I tried settings. to do that, but I didn't feel like I was getting enough um, output. Output mm. like a interesting. So it was, I ended up switching to the Palmer uh, preamp that I have, and that wasn't really that working that great either. Um, the upside, the thing I need to try to do with the Solid Studio that I haven't had a chance to yet is to download the software and then just load, see what kind of like custom IRs they have. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully they have one that is uh, base, more base appropriate. I should set up a base uh, patch for you on the HX Stomp at yeah. some point and let you try that out. Patrick was pretty impressed with oh, the, yeah? the little one that I put together and then accidentally overwrote wrote later. <laughs> but it, it was pretty easy to throw together a base patch on there that sounded yeah. pretty good. It's got base amps and cabs in uh built into it and then of course you can load irs and whatnot right. after the fact uh but yeah it sounds pretty good i haven't mixed that audio yet but mm. well, what's new with you ryan uh well i got back from germany and i feel like i'm almost over with my jet lag a week later jeez man <laughs> yeah the the jet lag there once i got there like i got over it in about a day but yeah. then coming back has been brutal like it is interesting because i think it's usually the uh, isn't it usually the other way around I don't know, man. Like, I just, like, every day around, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, my body's just been like, you're supposed to be asleep now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it shut me down. I guess with that, it's, like, it's, like, extra weird because it's not just, like, a couple hours difference. It's, like, a whole day. It's probably oriented around me being kind of a night owl anyways. Because, like, going to Germany, it's like, oh, it's just, like, I'm staying up till 4 o'clock in the morning. I can do that on a whim. But going, like, training my body... To fall asleep earlier, for some reason, like screwed yeah. me up. I don't know. I had a tough time this you year. You feel like you you got a tough time coming back or a tough time there? Tough time coming oh, back, dude. I was fine. So I flew in. I flew in a day early this year uh, to get over the jet lag. Yeah. Before I needed to work there, and a lot of people were jealous of that because a lot of people were hurting oh, yeah. hard the first day. And the first day I was there, like I thought I was fine in the morning. Then around like eleven o'clock noon, I just started getting crazy. Jet well, it lag. worked out for you too, because didn't you have some like delays or something with the a couple? It wasn't a big deal. I didn't oh, okay. like it. Didn't like like change the times of you know. I, I think I landed like an hour and a half later in Germany oh, okay. than what That's I expected. Not bad. It wasn't bad. I just wanted to make the joke while I was traveling that like, oh, this is what my flight is like, and I posted a picture of uh, what was it the uh, the Waza, uh, oh yeah, the boss yeah. delay. What is in the DM2. DM2. DM2W. Those things are crazy. Have you tried one of those? No. I tried one at Toman. The controls are totally like backwards and don't make any sense. Hmm. It's like you turn the, the time knob, and it's not labeled the time knob. It's something else wonky, and it's like right. backwards what you would expect. Oh, okay. Like shorter times uh-huh. on the right, longer times on the left. Like, everyone was trying to use it and was like getting all mixed up on it. I feel like that's normal for a boss, though. Is that normal for a boss delay? Faster times on the right, lo- slower times on the left? I don't think so. That's not how it is on, like, no, on my DD3. Faster as you turn up or faster as you... Faster now I don't as you, remember. Faster as you turn up. Uh, so yeah, anyway. I was in Germany. I did it again. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> People probably don't want to hear about it too much because it's probably kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw like some of the content that came out and I saw... Uh, uh, the the guitar geek video. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, well, so my favorite thing about it, of, of course, like knowing you for a long time, um, is the running? having Andy running. Um, Andy doesn't look like, looks like he can barely walk as well. I couldn't tell. Like, luckily, your running was far enough in the foreground that you couldn't really see how bad you look when you run. I'll say that I was, but like, his looked like very cartoony, like long arms. I mean, I mean, he is like six four, six five. Yeah, he's a tall boy. To that, but you know, it was just funny. I also just really loved that video because at the beginning, he's like, "Yeah, Steve's the best." <laughs> of course, you love that. Steve's video. great. <laughs> but Ryan stole Andy's idea. That's not how it went down. Nope. I came up with the idea, and Andy was just like, yeah, that's I, that's my idea, too. I already had that idea. And then why were you running? Why does anyone run? When someone who's uh, 6'4 chases after you, you run, right? doesn't matter for whatever reason. That's true. Uh, but I'll say that I was definitely way more winded than Andy was. At oh, the yeah? I was, I was dying from that running. I was waiting to see you pop up in one of Mary Spender's Proof of Sweat videos. Proof of Sweat? On, like, the first day of TGU, like, her and um, Adam Neely uh-huh. and Matt Knight were, like, running 5Ks. Oh, my gosh. And, like, no, I think dude, they did that, like, every day. I would wake up, I would wake up early for some reason because it's just a weird, like, sleep schedule for me. And I'd go down to get breakfast, and they would all be out front in the hotel, like, doing their leg stretches, like, in their jogging gear, like, yeah. ready to go. I was like... They're they're living a different life than me right Man, now. I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna go eat as much bacon as I can fit on I my saw, plate. I saw that. I saw those <laughs> videos going up on on her Instagram, and I was like, "Man, next year I'm gonna go try to go to TGU just to like be, be like the 60 cycle rep in the workout squad. Six, 60 cycle run. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you should, you think I should talk about from being at Germany? Or no, I don't it's know. all kind of boring. It's just... all gonna kind of roll out over the next. So basically, Watch the videos. yeah, it's all going to roll out over the next few weeks. I think most of the stuff I've seen you uh, that are like kind of coming down the pipeline that hit the unlisted side of the YouTube first are product demos. But I'm sure there's going to be more interactive stuff down the road. Eh, not a ton. I, I kind of, I kind of okay. leaned into just getting guitars. I came up with a cool um, format eventually after and like middle of the second day where it's like, I'm just going to grab three guitars. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to play all three of them. Like first impressions. I haven't tried these yet. Yeah. And then after playing all three, I'm going to decide which one I would buy. Oh, cool. So it's pretty fun. And I would do it like by genre. So the first one I did was like all semi hollows. Right. And then all full hollows. And then I did a bunch of 12 strings. Um, I did uh which like guitar that I could never afford would I buy. You should have done a BMK on a three on some guitars. Oh, I did which grab, grab three guitars and BMK that. Oh my gosh. Uh I did which like metal extended range uh guitar surfs the best. Oh my gosh. So yes. I did like a baritone and like two seven strings mm. or something like that. That was fun. So there's a bunch of fun stuff coming out. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, uh, this episode is uh, sponsored by Diderio. We've got these dual-lot clippy guys here. These are really cool. Where's my... Uh... Here it is, back here. I've got this checkerboard strap. You can see it just pops off this. Yeah, it's guitar. super old. That I, You've been using that strap. Is that the albino <laughs> strap? No. Oh, so that's not even your oldest checkerboard no. strap. Oh, that that one is isn't checkerboard. That one's is it black. not? Oh no, you're right. It's just black and it's yeah. spray painted. This is the one I'm thinking of. Then, what are you doing, man? 
I'm trying to put the guitar back on the thing. So anyways, yeah, the holes on this are worn out like a wizard's sleeve, uh-huh. basically. They're super loose. You take something like this. When you put the strap on, you clip this over it. And it's basically like the, the rubber washer concept, but yeah. with a more developed concept. There's a little loop in there that allows you to tuck your cable through it. So you're not tucking your cable between your strap and your guitar. It's just a secure and smart little design that lets you keep using your worn out straps or lets you lock on, you know, like yeah. you're not worn out strap. You want to like a, do your big spins behind your head. This will lock the strap on yeah, your guitar. It's a pretty thin, but like pretty strong plastic. It feels like that kind of plastic where like if you tried right now, you wouldn't be able to tear it in half. Right. I mean, I think I, I think I could do some damage to it, but I, I think I would, it would be manipulating in ways that you would never manipulate it right. as a guitar. Like, like in unnatural ways. Unnatural, completely unnatural. I don't want to shame people, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word pervert here. Like that's what we're talking about. All right. So anyway, um, check out the link from uh, in the show notes. Go to Diderio. Find out where you can buy these. They're they're pretty cheap too. Yeah, yeah. Very inexpensive. So you can get upset for every single guitar that you own, or strap for every strap you own. What if you've got two guitars but you have fifty straps? Buy 50 of these for all your straps. I think you just need one set per guitar. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> all right, so this week's first topic is uh, Gibson. <laughs> Gibson authentic, play authentic. Play, hashtag authentic. I mean, this might be old news by now, but man, it was blowing up everything when the day that we recorded this episode. I don't know if it's old, man. Didn't it, didn't this drop like a week ago, the, the, like the day that I came back from Germany? Yeah, I think it did. It, it it dropped um it dropped pretty much right when you came back but then like um, the next day they took the video down i mean everyone knows i should i want to just explain what happened but i feel like everyone knows by now like gibson put out this video with their uh their new brand, brand ambassador, ambassador. I, i'm not no, exactly I think sure. slash is their brand ambassador i forget his actual title uh mark Abassi? Mark Agnesi. Agnesi. Or maybe it's Agnesi. Sorry, I screwed so up your he's, name. Not he, Mark. Was the, uh, he was the guitar of the day or guitar of the week or whatever guy from Norman's Rare Guitars. Uh-huh. Um, and now he is the... Um, Steve is Googling. Director of Brand Experience. Director uh, of Brand Experience. At what Gibson. a title. And, you know, so I guess the, the first... The, the soft position, I, the softest position I think you could take on this is that if Gibson wants to attempt to legally enforce their ownership of a well, bunch of different... we didn't even talk about the video yet. I thought we already said... Everyone already knows. Just I watch it. my spoof of it. It's way better than theirs. Let me do a quick recap. All right. Quick video. Let me do a quick recap. Hey, everybody. Mark, I'm just knock it off. Is <laughs> this video where he's like establishing... The uh, iconic nature of like yeah. Gibson designs, like look at this SG, look at this Explorer, look at this Flying V. And you're like, okay, this is an interesting video. They're talking about you know like Gibson's heritage, and then all of a sudden, hard leans into we're gonna come after your asses. Yeah, we're gonna sue you so hard. He's like looking at the camera. It looks like he is like about to cry half like <laughs> looks like he might be in duress like he might this might be you know like my a first, ransom video my first impression of this video is that there the person behind the camera was like holding a child or like 
Someone you know, was being held hostage. Like there's like a detonator in a hand, and like right, Mark, right. Mark was sitting on they the. They were bomb. holding up. They were holding up uh, uh, Les Pauls, and they had a tiny little hammer, and were slowly like tapping on the headstock. It was like <laughs> we're gonna do a big hit any minute now. And it's gonna crack off, and he was like, "No, no, no! I'll do the video. I swear." Um, so, so, anyways, Gibson takes this video down after like the first 24 hours because the reaction in the comment section was so like. This is bizarre. What is going on? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Like, oh, here's Gibson being, you know, old Gibson again. So they take down the video and that ignites just a firestorm of people who didn't see it reacting to everyone who did see it. And yeah. then finally someone loaded up a copy that they downloaded onto Reddit and it's made its and then way somebody, all over the internet. And then somebody, I think, took the Reddit one and filmed it with like their phone and then re-uploaded it to YouTube. Yeah. So that's still up there. Um it's just rough. It's a it's it's a tough look. Um I know people who tried to uh say to justify it and say, well, you know, Gibson does have a right to like, you know, they've invented some of these things. They have a right to defend it. And to some of that, like to say that the explorer body shape is something something that is trademarked, which as of recording, they have served notice to Dean Guitars, who has been manufacturing flying B, V, flying B, what, what they call the V and the Z style body uh-huh. shape, which is basically the flying V and the explorer. Um, they've been manufacturing that since like the seventies, and suddenly now they're getting you know noted legal notice from Gibson. Yeah. Which uh yeah, that ship sailed, dude. If you if somebody is infringing on what you think is your trademark and you let it ride for like forty years. And it's not like Dean is a small builder. I, as much yeah. as we've, you know, joked about Dean guitars in the past, like Dean I feel is, Dean I, is on the freaking map. Like, I feel not a small builder weird that, like, in the, being in this position where it's like I'm defending, defending Dean. Dean. By the time this episode airs, who knows? Maybe Gibson will have dropped more lawsuits on other people. Well, but the, it feels like from that video, it feels like they were gearing up to do this and like, yeah. drop it on a bunch of people. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I I think the reaction from the marketplace would have been more positive if they would have just done it and not made a video. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, is like some people, some of the reaction to this video, it's like it feels like poor sportsmanship. Yeah. Some of the reaction to these videos have been like. Oh, well, you know, like I said, they have a right to this and a right to that. And even if you ignore timeline, um, and some people said, well, they're only going to, it makes it really sound like they're really going to, they focus on this part that says, um, uh, where was it? Um, oh, people, people ask us about forgeries and counterfeits come often of lower craftsmanship coming in from overseas. And so they start with that. So a lot of people focused in on that, but that ignores the fact that like, Pure Salem has received cease and desist yeah. from Gibson. Uh, For body styles that I think, have like nothing to yeah. do with anything. Uh, Tom Anderson Guitars has received, I think it's Tom Anderson, received a cease and desist from Gibson. Listen, uh, Callings you, may have received, like, no, like, seriously, like, if you talk to builders at NAM or wherever, like, over the years, like, t- talking to these people, like, I don't think there's a company out there that hasn't had some sort of dealing with Gibson. Like, if you, actually, if you do anything, like, even close hinting at, like, a styling that Gibson has done, you're going to end up doing 
like years worth of back and forth with them trying to get yeah. them to clear like your designs. We actually had a, a guitar company that we've, I'll just say, we have the guy who operates TMG Guitars. Okay. Hit, hit up our Instagram and say, yep, I've, I, uh, I'm getting, basically said, getting letters from the lawyers at Gibson is lots of fun. Because <laughs> like, what were they making that... Because the, I thought they were doing Fender-y stuff. No, they stuff. have one model that is a... Sing, they have one single-cut model. Okay. It's like a single-cut gold-top model. Gotcha. So some of these are like a little more Gibson-y than others. In the case of the Pure Salem stuff, in the case of um, some of these other brands, I think it, it's less there. I'm not sure how far... Because um, Gibson did semi-successfully sue ESP guitars back in the day. Did they? Years ago. Um, and so the ESP single cut, I think is like an agreed upon different design, but then Gibson tried to sue PRS like 10 years ago for doing a single cut for just for, or may, I guess now it's all, yeah, like 15 years ago, they tried to do that and they lost, they actually won in the lower courts and then PRS appealed it and they lost like higher up and they lost at a high enough point that basically if Gibson would have appealed that decision, it would have gone to the Supreme court. Oh my gosh. We do not need guitar disagreements going to the Supreme Court. Could there be a bigger waste of time? <laughs> um, I mean, I can think of yeah, a few probably. bigger wastes yeah. of time. I don't want to know about the stuff they fight about on the Supreme Court. <laughs> so, I mean... Gibson I, has been litigious for a long time. Yeah. And, and I, it's, it's, there, famously, there are lawsuit model guitars yeah, out there. Yeah. But it's like, for them to come in so late to the game and be like, V's and Explorer shapes belong exclusively to us is bananas since there is such a long history of so many other brands using those shapes. Are they going to go after Ibanez? Like Ibanez has done those shapes. Jackson I mean, it depends on how loose they are going to call um, single cut or, you know, whatever these different things, like how are they going to call out Randy road V's, you know? Well, that's what I mean. Like clearly with the Dean, like the Dean flying V and the Gibson Flying V, there are some design differences, but typically, like the where Gibbs, where people, the general understanding, especially because of the way that that ru- previous rulings have been, um, is like Fender basically can't do anything with the Strat style, Strat style, Tele style, like their body shapes. They can't do anything with that. Now, I don't know about the newer stuff, like the modern, like sure, the, sure, or not the modern. That's Gibson, right, right. Um, the uh, What's it? The Meteora? Yeah, the Meteora. Meteora, whatever that's called. Um, That body shape. I don't know if Fender can trademark that now since that's a new body shape for them. Um, But generally, Fender's, it's all about the headstock for them. Like they can defend the headstock. They have the right to defend the headstock. Gibson can defend their headstock too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They can. Like if they've, if someone's got that open book scroll thing going on, it's like, yeah, go after him. Like, and, and in the video, when the video was still up, like the debate was like, or are they, because he says, like, oh, we're not trying to like snuff out small builders. It sounded like they were posturing to take out like Chibson guitars, like Chinese counterfeit, legit, like, has Gibson on the headstock coming into the state selling for $300 and like there's market confusion there. Cause that's like a legitimate thing. Take those guys down, figure out ways and laws to stop that from happening because right. that does cause problems for consumers. That does call cause confusion for consumers, but no one's ever looked at any single Dean and been like, right. Oh, that's a Gibson. Like yeah. there's never been market well, confusion. And there. I think there is kind of an, a, a broader issue too, 
where there's probably a, a point in general society where if you just walked up to a random person and you said, draw me a picture of a guitar, they're going to draw you one of three things. Well, first of all, it's going to be bananas looking. Yeah. But they're going to draw you <laughs> one of three things. They're going to draw you a Dreadnought acoustic. Sure. Uh, which Gibson stole the Dreadnought acoustic from Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, authentic. Not authentic. Um, the They're going to draw you a Stratocaster or they're going to draw you a Les Paul. Those shapes. But then sure. if you said, like, okay, you drew a guitar, what kind of guitar is that? They're going to be like, oh, that's a guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's got strings, and it goes doing, doing, doing. Yeah, that's the general, generally agreed on upon description of a guitar. Yeah. It's got strings, it goes ding, ding, ding. So, I, you know, I, the way the video rolled out, I, if they would have done a whole thing and said, we've been doing this for 125 years, we've done all these great things, look at all the things, we invented humbucker. Like, they could basically... They could pretty much if rightfully say... If they came say, out and said we invented humbuckers, I'd be like, oh, you're, you're close yeah, to correct on that. pretty much. The moment they're like, no one can, else can use humbuckers, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way that works. Yeah, I don't... That's like Ford saying you can't use tires. Yeah, yeah. Wait, has Ford ever said that? I don't think so. I was I was going to go some dark places because Henry Ford said a lot of oh bad stuff gosh. in his newsletters back in the day. Come on, but now. that's a completely different subject. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just like such a general thing that like if Gibson had leaned into lawsuits in the seventies when Dean came out and started doing V's mm-hmm. and Explorers, even Star Shapes. You know, because people started coming out with the star shapes. We were just basically a trimmed up explorer. Like, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. But decades. Going back older than I yeah. am. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is... is and, Gibson, and, to, and to be seeking damages. Gibson isn't like... Well, I don't know if they're seeking... Actually that's, seeking what the dam- art, that's, the, what, that's what the thing says. The Dean one? Yeah, they're seeking damages Jeez. against Dean. Um, like retroactive damages right. uh, for 40 years. Yeah, which means that of like infringement. Which whatever Dean's gonna have to go back and figure out how much money they paid to Michael Shanker for his signature flying V and also Um It's all it's all nuts. They kept talking about innovation and I do think that Gibson is in kind of like a, a weird spot with innovation because you have Gibson purists who really only want um Gibson to make like traditional style guitar. Sure. Like and That's a whole it seems battle, like though. every other every time they like Try to do something innovative. They just screw it up. You know what they should be doing instead of suing Dean? They should be buying Dean. There's probably something to that. Does Dean Zelinsky still own Dean? No. I don't think he does, No, right? he doesn't. Because they're, they're actually suing, like, it's Armadillo music. Yeah, yeah. So they own Dean. They own Luna. Luna and, like, D-Drum. Yeah, yeah. So, or is it D-Drum? D-Drum. It's like B-Batteries. Double D-Rum. It makes you sound like you have a stutter. B batteries. The drum. D batteries. B batteries. Oh, B batteries. Did I take some oh. B batteries. Yeah, um, it's it's just a bad look. It's a lot of people I think have kind of rightfully pointed out. Like you talk about all this innovation you've done in your 125 year history, but then you talk about how you launched the Gibson SG in 1960, and it's been in production ever since. You know. The Les Paul has, I think, been in not constant production since 1968. All of the things that they've made that have been like innovations are like in and out of market. 
Like in terms of, in terms of Gibson over- should have a bumper sticker on their collective car that says "Innovation stops here." Yeah, like, and, and, like, and they, what I they mean, might innovate when they came out with their stuff is like this. It kind of just stops, right? And, I, and I guess what I mean by that is by like total model. You know, sure, sure. Uh, the last new body shape that's been in like semi-consistent production is probably like the Explorer. The last new body shape. Yeah, maybe like the L five, L six. They're not really. It's doing probably any... something that you wouldn't even like realize is newish. Yeah, well, I'm can't. just trying to think of like every single get currently manufactured Gibson. Yeah, they really haven't come out at any... least for their solid bodies. I mean, think about yeah, they have some newer designs with their hollow bodies and stuff like that. That and was the semi, other, that was another hollows. funny thing in the video. Is that they refer to the 335 as having mouse ears? Yeah, and people were like, mm, "Pretty sure by just by saying mouse ears, you're kind of like broadcasting." Yep, we stole this one from Disney. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, do we have anything else to say about this? Yeah, I feel I like we know. should wrap just, it up at a certain point because like people are probably sick of this by now. I hope, but it's not going to. So. It's not going to stop. Like Gibson is going down this road. They're going to keep going and pressing harder and harder because that's what they do, right? Now that they've I mean, tasted that it a is little, what they've done. Like, and it doesn't matter how awkward it gets. Like, they're they they have to double down on it, right? It's like you know the person who who says like, "Oh, I hate fish. I would never eat seafood." And then they try a little bit of like fish filet of fish, and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of good," but they can never cop to liking it, yeah, because they've already like determined and told all their friends, "I hate fish." You know, they're like. We're suing people. We are definitely suing people. This is what we're doing. We're building our, our we're protecting our brand identity, our intellectual property. Guys, that's not a really good idea. It's making you look bad. No one's going to buy your stuff anymore. No one's buying your stuff because they're all sick of like your BS. No, we're doing this. We're really doing this, right. guys. We're really buckling down. We're going to protect our intellectual property. And meanwhile, like people are just completely turned off by Gibson now. Somebody pointed out, and this is an interesting observation, is that. Um, Oh, because we didn't talk about this other thing. Uh, the Gibson chief of merchandise, merchant. Oh, my gosh. Chief merchant officer. He got into some sort of Twitter fight or Instagram fight? He got on an Instagram fight with uh, the whatever the guitar company is that uh, Behinds from, Ma- I think, Mastodon uh-huh. is playing one of their guitars now. And he jumped on that picture and was like, oh, this is just a, a non-reverse Firebird. And which all, is basically a jazz master shape. And all these people are like, "Yeah, if you're blind, like if you yeah. if you can't use your eyeballs." No, he he used stronger words than that. He was like, "You're stealing from us." Yeah, he went in pretty like, hard. You are stealing from. I think us. I think what it was is the builder. It was actually posted on the builder site yeah. because he went to the concert. And just happened to see one of his guitars in the in this yeah, famous yeah. guitar player sense. But I also think both of the guys in Mastodon used to be Gibson, Gibson guys. Gibson guys. One of them is is uh, I guess I don't I don't know if he's with this brand. I, I wish I could remember the name of it. The other one went to ESP. Uh-huh. The other one like burned Gibson to the ground when he did it because he was like I waited like. I think like two years or something for his like Epiphone signature prototype. Uh-huh. When he finally got it, it was like the wrong finish, and oh, there were all these other was like, problems. It was tuned wrong, and like the there wrong were a strings. bunch of problems because he it. has like such a specific setup. And when it showed up, it was just like you guys didn't even like pay attention to like yeah. who, you're, who you're working with. Like, yeah. what is this? Like, what's the point of being a Gibson artist if I can't even get like a properly made 
like epiphone from you guys. <laughs> oh man, Gibson, Gibson, Gibson. Yeah. And the all three of the people, all of the three people who are getting targeted on this, which is um the new or the new CEO, this new chief merchant officer guy has uh-huh. only been there like he's also part of the turnover. And then Mark, formerly of Norman's Rare Guitars. They're all new people. They're all new. It's not an old Gibson problem. Yeah. It's like these Is there someone in Gibson who's a wizard and has just been there like a thousand years? And anytime like someone new comes in, they cast the spell on them. And it's like, now you're Gibson crazy. Now nothing makes sense anymore. Well, and, and, like, and so that's the thing. That one of the things that was pointed out to you. And what's you the won- character in The Lord of the Rings? It's like whispering in that guy's ear. And he's like all... Got his hair oh, or a worm tongue? Yeah, yeah. It's that sort Dream, of situation. Worm tongue. It, it's weird because a lot of people are saying like Mark should have known better because he's done this. So people are pulling up videos of him. Like one of his Norm's Rare Guitars videos is a, a 19, I think it's a 1977, 1979 TV yellow Ibanez rocket. Uh-huh. Which was Ibanez's Flying V knockoff. Yeah, yeah. From back in the day. And he's like, he pops up the case. He's like, oh, man, dude, this is rad. And he's like freaking out like on how cool this thing is. And he so people are, like, people are like pull, pulling that up. I do wonder like based on the, the tone and everything of the video, if they're like, oh, we got this popular Instagram YouTube guy. Let's like try to use this to our advantage. Let's get this message out. And because he's the other two guys, they're not one of them's like in a yeah. band, band. The other one is like made pants. Um, he didn't make the pants. He owned. The, he, he owned worked, the pants. He worked for the company that made the pants. Yeah. Um, well, he ran the company that made the pants. Right. Right. But he um, he didn't own the company. Being a CEO doesn't mean you own the company. Right. Yeah. I mean, typically you do. Hopefully, have some no, stock this, in the company. Well, yeah, but you don't own it. Own it. You don't own. Sure. But I like. So I have to imagine that with Mark, his title is like director of brand, whatever. And director sounds fancy until you work at a company like most semi like most like companies that are big enough to have middle management yeah yeah and you have like a director just means you're in charge of a department but it doesn't mean like you're anywhere actually near the top like the director in my work group which is only like a 70 person company the director in my work group is still below like is at least two levels if not three levels below the ceo Right, right. So it's not like she's actually she's in charge of my work group. Yeah, and she has input, but at the end of the day, like her, she has a boss. I mean, I'm on my resume. I say that I'm an art director, but I'm self-employed. So who am I directing, really? <laughs> Yeesh! Why aren't you the CEO of Big Ryan Designs? <laughs> anyway, but that's the role I'm filling. It doesn't mean I, you know, you just watched Mad Men and you wanted to be art director. I never watched Mad Men. You never. And, well, I watched like two episodes and I was just like, this isn't for me. And yeah. everyone thought it would be for me because it's like that world that I work in. No. It's like, I leave work at work, weirdos. What's that? What's, who was it was talking about all those different shows? Or was it you that was like, oh, it's a it's a period piece drama set in this time period. Yeah, it's an interpersonal Ga- drama. Yeah, Game of, Thron- of, Game of Thrones is an interpersonal drama set, set, set in a fantasy medieval universe. Yeah, once you watch a show long enough, it all turns into the same thing. Like, it's just characters bouncing off of each other, yeah. having little dramas. Yeah. Like, it do- the background doesn't matter anymore. All right, well, you know, speaking of fake Gibsons and lawsuits, this is next ad is a news, 1984 ESP New York. Did you say Muse? Used. Used. This next ad is a used 1984 ESP New York Custom ordered travel guitar 
triple humbucker with hard shell. Free shipping. A guitar made to order by ESP New York in 1984. The center seam solid frame maple top is truly amazing. A semi-acoustic sound comes from the hollowing out of the center seam mahogany. Three uh, pickups mounted in the structure can be switched to humbucking off single for each pickup with a switch. Fingerboard is ebony. The bridge is a Steinberger and a hollow case dedicated a hollow case dedicated hard case. Okay, sure. It's a very exciting one. There's a jig for straps on the back, but it's not very practical. If you want to play full-fledged standing style, we recommend separately attaching strap pins on the body side as well as, uh, as with normal Les Pauls. Since the fifth fret of a normal guitar is in the nut position, it's the same tuning as using a capo in the fifth frame. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but basically, oh, wow, $4,078. I know, right? Uh, but if you are the kind of person who wa- has wanted a professional-grade Gibson Les Paul, but you frequently capo to the fifth position, this could be the guitar for you. Man, I don't get this. It's a travel guitar. But it's like, I don't get travel guitars either. Oh. Like, to a certain extent, I don't get them. And I realize I own one back there. I've got the Hoffner. Yeah. But it's like... By the time you're done packing this up, yeah, you're you're saving a foot of space off the case. Um, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It hardly seems worth it. Like for the amount of energy that went into this, just buy a guitar wherever you're. <laughs> this go, is, go rent a guitar wherever this you're. This is landing. like a travel guitar. This is like my kind of travel guitar. It's like the guitar that I would keep in like my office at work. Like that's what this is. this is like a, the travel. This isn't really like. But it's fr- it's permanently fretted at the. Fifth this isn't like cut. a that's real insane. travel guitar. This is a travel guitar for like uh. This is like for the CEO's office. He was like, you know, if it's in your office, it doesn't need to be a travel guitar. Yeah, but you don't want to take up a bunch of room. Yeah, okay, you're fine. But it's the body is full size. Like, like I feel like a. A travel guitar that's got a like super micro body and headless. Right. I get it. That's fine. Like even shorter scale, that's fine. Like I get what you're trying to do. Like you're trying to get it to fit down into like, a box the size of like a so a, what you're saying a pool cube. So what box, you're saying you know? is you should buy this and then just shave off all of the horns. Yeah, and the buy butt. a four thousand dollar custom guitar and shave the sides off. Take it down to a two to by a four. True to a true travel guitar. And there's no reason the tail needs like it doesn't need a full size body on this. It could have been trimmed at the bridge. It's got a Steinbrenner bridge on it. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, but they want it to look like a Les Paul. It's just over the top. How many of these design elements are actually Gibson uh, intellectual property? The removed headstock is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is I, I, only that would have been broken off at the first fret. This is broken oh off at the God. fifth fret. I think this is at least pretty. Yeah, I like the I like the finish on the body. I like the binding. I like the three pickups. I even like the control layout of the three switches with the two knobs. I will say, like that's the crazy thing is if this you know if this was a full scale guitar for four thousand dollars, you like it'd it. just be like well. It'd be like a custom ESP from the 80s. Yeah, like a, if it was like a full-scale headstockless ESP with this with the Stein, Steinberger uh, trim, you'd be like, oh, yeah, $4,000? Like that's – you'd at least understand why it's so expensive. Right, right. And the, why this exists. I understand general. why it's expensive because it is a custom piece from you know, like probably brand. the golden age of whatever yeah. you know, this company considers their golden age. But, man, just the weirdness of it. 
I'm like, nah, I'll pass. Mm. And I'm also just like, I, f- I feel like travel guitars are dumb for the most part. If you're, if you're traveling, just, 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 decide, just go there. Just decide if you actually need a guitar there or not. If you actually need a guitar there, commit. Just go buy a, uh, uh, like a f- cheap guitar off of Amazon and have it shipped to your location and then smash it. Well, this was done. built in the eighties. Like, yeah. How much? I don't know. I I just have trouble seeing the reasoning for it. Let's just buy a smaller body guitar. Stop hacking necks in half. Stop doing like crazy weird like remove the neck things or whatever. Like I don't know. I say this after I had a pleasant interaction with a travel guitar company in the airport like two weeks ago. Yeah, those those are crazy expensive too. Yeah, but there is a lot of moving parts on those. A lot of moving parts. But even once you fold those in half. You're still carrying something pretty bulky with you. Yeah. And it's kind of still a pain in the butt to to haul one of those around. Like, it would be easy for me to take my Duosonic traveling with me. It's up there somewhere. Yeah. It's pretty small. I mean, the Hofner is a Mm no-brainer. Like, why do we need to get so ridiculous with over-designing travel guitars is my question. I want a guitar that is interlocking and so you fold it out like you can like fold it into the size of a credit card but it's like that thick but it's like and then when you get to your location you just flip it out and it's like With with those Evertune bridges someone's going to take that technology and make it just so you'll have a guitar body someday and the neck will just telescope out. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. There's my neck and like it will have little spools with the strings inside and it'll just spool out the string as you go but there will be some sort of thing inside to keep it like yeah. the correct tension at every fret. You could you could put it down on the 5th fret if you want and it'll keep the correct tension. <laughs> it's a really bad idea but now that I've put it out into the world someone's going to freaking try to design yep. it. I'm going to see it in the basement at NAM next year. Not because of me, just because that idea exists in yep. the universe now. All right, this next ad is not an ad. This is a sponsor spot. Uh, thank you this week to our sponsor, Sinusoid. Uh, they have TechFlex, which is this stuff, but you can get it in a bunch of different colors. It's this oh, yeah. shiny, slick plastic coating that goes over your cable, protects it from the you elements. Know, I think I've had this, these, this cable and my the, the guitar cables that look the same for mm-hmm. like two years now. Yeah, they stay really clean. They still look brand new and they still feel brand new. Like this yeah. stuff really protects it. When I first got it, I was afraid like, oh, it's just going to get full of dirt and dust or whatever. No, they still look really sharp and clean. It's actually, there's one hanging up on the Ibanez amp behind you right now. It still looks fresh, right? Yeah. I use that cable weekly for gigging. Daily for recording around here. Apparently, if any, you rub your beard on it. Too. If any, there was a hair stuck in it. Apparently, oh, in the Velcro, maybe. Uh, if any cable around here should look worn, it should be this one, and yeah. it still looks pretty much brand new. Yeah. So we have like the black and white stripe. There's a bunch of different colors. I have the rainbow one. They just came out with one called Neapolitan. That's like a black, cream, and red kind that's of a thing. Uh, so go check it out at sinusoid.com. Sinusoid cables. They make cables. And they make other things. They make smiles, Steve. Ah, gotcha. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. They are in the process of pre-ordering, I believe, or is it out? I don't know, man. I um, think it's pre-order. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the mood. The mood. The mood is a two-channel granular micro-looper delay designed to be playful and immediate is a study of interaction. Mood is internally collaborative. 
allowing audio to freely pass back and forth between its two sides, evolving and transforming over time. Drollo effects is behind the loop channel, collection of always listening micro loopers, and old blood noise endeavors offered uh, up the wet channel, a suite of live spatial effects. I like what Chase Bliss has been doing with collabing yeah. with different builders for like the different sizes of their pedals. Like the, the Dark World was like that with reverbs from uh from uh uh Keely. Was yeah, it Keely? Keely? On I can that? remember Keely, I can't remember the it? other one. Oh was it Old Blood? No. Oh I have no Shoot, idea. Shoot, I've completely was it Cooper? Cooper Facts? For some reason I'm we're ruining this sponsorship spot. I mean, but anyways, it could be. I think one of these things is on the way to me. One of these, uh, one of these mood pedals. Oh, I'm a little scared. Yeah, <laughs> it looks a... really, really wild. On the Chase Bliss site, um, they have the video that's already been done by Knobs. Uh huh. And then they have the mini dock. Yep. And uh, I, Joel told me he was going to send me something, and I asked him what it, it was. It was Cooper Effects, by the way. Cooper Effects. I did get it good right. Good memory. Uh. I asked him, what does the pedal do? And he like the little thing on my messenger kept popping up like, Oh, he's typing something and it would oh, stop yeah. and he's typing something. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you what it does. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to have to mess around yeah. with it. Well, you know, it seems like it's, it's another one of these things where it's like, uh, as far as basic functions go, like chase bliss makes pedals that, work very well for basic functions, but as you dig into them, they start doing like crazier and crazier things because as a base function, like I watched why well, I watched most of the knobs video. I didn't have enough time to watch the whole thing. And at a base level, like it's a loop pedal, um, but it's a loop pedal that where you can like adjust the, the quality of the loop as it plays basically. Right. And so, but it, you know, you could just use it as a loop or as like a, as like a delay, like a looping, like a delay function on a looping, or a, it's like a delay pedal with a loop. Maybe I was watching it too late at night, but when I was watching the videos, like this thing is pretty wild. Oh yeah, no, well you can, uh, it's knobs, knobs always gets really wild yeah, with yeah. that stuff, so um, yeah, no, I think it's, it looks like a ton of fun. So. Yeah, well I'm looking forward to it, I'm just a little scared. Yeah. I'm a little scared of that thing, it's going to be pretty crazy. All right, uh... Last topic. Yeah, this topic was sent to us by Sean Wright. Another pedal builder. Lollygagger Effects. Um, and now my phone doesn't work. Uh-oh. Uh, basically, the gist of Sean's question, though, was um, how much interaction or how much builder interaction... Oh, there it is. How important as, as a builder is it to interact with the playing community and what do you feel is the right amount? I don't think it's about amount. I think it's about quality. I think uh, there's there's a lot of builders in our community yeah. that interact in really powerful and really effective ways with our audience, with their audience, with you know different groups across the internet. Uh, and then there's builders that don't do so well. Mm-hmm. I think it really it doesn't come down to the amount that they're doing. It comes down to the quality of the interaction yeah. and. It really comes down to like an like an undefinable element of like getting it, well, like I being think, cool. Yeah, I think there's a lot of understanding. You know, it's it's like any social situation. You know, you got to read the room. Sure. What did Forrest Gump fail to do when he showed up at Jenny's Black Panther party? He did not read the room. I don't remember that part. 
when he comes in and he, then at when he leaves, he says, sorry, I ruined your black Panther party. I didn't, I don't remember that part. Oh, I'm missing classic the whole, classic part. I haven't watched Forrest Gump in an appropriate amount of time. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> um, anyway, but it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to like get a feel out for the group. You know, I think a lot of groups, you know, it doesn't play well when you show up and nobody really knows who you are and you just start kind of like dumping like demo videos that you yeah. make in your no one, in your bedroom or whatever. No one wants a builder to show up and just start being like self-promoting like oh here's my product, here yeah. check out my video. Here's a bunch of pictures. Oh check yeah, here's my build process. Like unless it's really different and really engaging and that's even hard to define, then it's like People don't really want to be advertised to when they're in a group. Right. But what and people do want is like if someone starts talking about your product in the group, to have you show up and be able to talk about it in, yeah. a, in a real way. You know? I, I think there's also just ways to like actually be really slick about it. When you're a very small company, if you're like a one-man, two-man shop situation, sure, sure. to kind of come in. Like you can be like, hey, does anyone else in here like build pedals? Here's what I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in that way, like, yeah. Well, like that's if, the sort of thing you can only do it a couple times or else yeah, you're like... A, then it's, like, obvious. A repeat offender, you mm-hmm. know? Why do you just post the same questions over and over again? Just buy the damn thing already. <laughs> it's it's really just a subtlety thing. Like, yeah. it's, it, if, you, if someone set out rules to do it right, like, it would stop being right because people would abuse it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it really comes down to being a real person in the places that you are at, like letting people discover that you're the person behind the brand. Right. Uh, you know, interacting in natural, normal people ways. Basically, like don't be in a group if you don't want to be in the group. Like if you're only there yeah. to self-promote, like I think that's really like a defining element of a lot of the builders that we see interact online in really effective ways, is that they're in those places because they want to be there because they're having their own good time being there yeah. and they're interested in the discussions that are well, happening. It, it helps too when like you have experience with like other i mean i would assume most builders have a broad stretch of experience but like no one wants the guy who's like okay, like imagine imagine like i don't I actually don't know if i assume robert keely's not oh so like imagine brian wampler i know brian wampler is in our group at least Keely is too. Is Keely? In? Yeah. I, I I very rarely see Keely post stuff on Facebook, so I, you know I don't know how he I can replies to things and he, um, he he pokes his head in. But so he I mean, like in, he pokes his head in to ask why I didn't include uh, a Keely pedal in my last drip oh, video. Oh really? I was like, send me one, and then he went dark. <laughs> um, but it's like um, you know, if somebody asks a question about a DS1. And you make a and you know it's Brian Brian Wampler is like the king of the DS one sure, like sure. that's what he cut his teeth on that's like his if you search for like Wampler DS one there's like manuals on how to do DS one mods yeah. that are just like stuff that he figured out and uh, but like if you ask a question about a DS one and he chimes in he's like oh yeah like here's a bunch of resources here's a bunch of things I wrote up like they're whatever 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 like that's one thing if he come versus like if he were to come in and you know Brian doesn't do this sure sure it's you know to come in and be like oh yeah you like the ds1 uh you should go get a i just came out with this pedal called the pantheon you should go get it right like which i've seen builders do stuff like that yeah yeah where it's like 
Oh yeah, I wanted to know about like this new JHS pedal. Thanks for telling me about your pedal. I yeah, guess. like play it cool, you know. Like don't don't like you got to turn off like the advertising mode yeah. when you're in a group because people don't want that. Like it's it'll do better for you. Like if you do the the JHS thing, and be like oh check out these other builders things, and mm-hmm. you're like oh my gosh, Brian Wampler pushed me towards the Kiwi pedal or he pushed me yeah. towards, you know, like this pedal company I've never heard before. And like, Oh, he's a cool guy. Now he's on my list of cool guys and maybe I'll buy from him in the future, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're just being like a regular guy in a group, like functionally outside of like the 60 cycle hum group, like I'm all the other groups I'm in, like I'm just a regular guy in the group. Not so me. I'm, I show up and people are like, Oh my gosh, Ryan's here. Anyway, um, so you can just be like a regular guy in a group, and like every once in a while, I drop links to our videos or whatever. I'm like, sure, oh, yeah. sure. If, every, whenever people are like, oh, drop your Instagram handles here, like I always just drop the podcast Instagram handle. <laughs> and people are like, oh, I love your stuff. I'm like, cool, um, no big deal. But I think, no like, sweat. I think that's like the big thing is like, you know, if you're coming in all aggro, like if you're just seeing Facebook groups or or different, you know, social media interaction as like. I think Instagram, like if you're running your own Instagram account, it's appropriate for your Instagram account oh, to be sure. a marketing platform. Well, that's, a di- that's a totally different thing. Yeah. Like it's inappropriate for your Instagram account or even your personal Instagram account to be going to like other builders and again, oh, you like this pedal? Uh, you know, builder X put, posts a picture of their new distortion. You don't jump on there and be like, oh, you should check out my distortion. Sometimes people will, and YouTube flags this. Sometimes people will be like, oh, you like this video? Check out my my uh, review. I of, always approve those this, videos. Yeah, me too. Of this guitar or this pedal or whatever. I'm like, yeah. that's super tacky, but I'm going to let it through just so like people can see how tacky you I'm are. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start. I'm going to go uh, take your... Uh, Josh Scott is wrong video and just start dropping it on every JHS video oh my for like the last three months. No, don't make people hate me. Uh, anyway, I don't know. You got anything else on that? No, I don't think so. I, I feel like it's such a broad topic, but it's something definitely worth thinking about. I mean, there's, there's so many builders out there and they're all trying to get their foot in the door and, and make a name for themselves and it's like you can definitely make the wrong name for yourself if you yep. if you are not cool, basically. And I'm not saying like cool and and like keeping up with trends. I'm just saying cool is in like interpersonal interactions. You know, like, are you the cool guy at the party who's hanging out and like having a good time talking with everyone and it's really natural? Or are the are you the guy at the party like trying to get everyone into your MLL MLM skin? Yeah. And I think know? there's a lot of other things like that too. Like it's funny when builders like eventually develop into like like funny trolls and groups sure sure but it's different when like a person that you don't really know like they're like everyone has a personality obviously but i think when you're a builder you have some kind of branding like um now all of a sudden like whatever your online personality is is also it reflects that's part of your branding yeah so when you come in like super aggressive about anything, whether, you know, pol- well, like anything like that semi people would say is semi serious, which is really just like politics and religion. Sure, sure. Um, all of a sudden, like that reflects on your brand that like, oh, this person is like a hyper aggressive, whatever, whatever. Right. People like, rem- people will forget all the times that you're nice or normal. They won't remember any time that you're normal. They will remember forever the one time you were a dick. Yep. 
So if you're a dick one time, that's a pretty rough thing to do to your brand. It's true. So keep that in mind. All right, some quick housekeeping before we get out of here. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Brandon Mullis, who started supporting the show through Patreon at the $1 level, and to Dave Martin, who started supporting the show also on Patreon at the $10 level. Uh, thanks, guys. We appreciate everyone who supports this show uh, financially or just from listening and liking and sharing and all the other things you can do. And caring. Don't care. Just share. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but, yeah, obviously uh, the financial stuff helps us do the stuff we're doing, and we're actually yeah. – uh, Ryan and I have been talking about doing a full redesign of the, uh, the studio little studio here. space here. So Make that's, it more attractive. Uh, that's going to be another investment of uh, the money that comes in from your guys' support. And like I said, everything counts. Yeah. Also, so, Patreon is paying for my plane ticket to get to Summernam. So oh, yeah. I can cover uh, all that stuff. Got to get that tent. Yep. Also, copyright on the word tent. We yeah. invented that. Um, do we want to do this last ad? <laughs> no, let's get out of here. Uh, you know what this last ad? That's a dumb pick anyway. It's a dumb pick. I'll put a picture of it. Don't buy this pick. It's like, why would you? My comment on it is like, oh, cool. Now I have to completely relearn how to hold a guitar pick oh, cool. just because this thing exists. Oh, cool. Dumb pick. This dumb song pick. was sent in by Ben Bryles. He says, I'm a major amateur when it comes to recording music, so my stuff usually ends up sounding pretty rough around the edges, but I think I like it that way. Anyway, this song is called Keeper. It's pretty slow and quiet. Through most of the song, so I don't know how well it fits with the stuff you normally play at the end, end of the episodes. Neither do I. Uh, but you, but I figured I'd send it your way anyway. As far as gear goes, I recorded the acoustic parts of Washburn Augusta and the vocals into a Shure SM27. Connected to a Focusrite Scarlett 2i2. The electric guitar was a Fender Classic Player Jaguar. Through an EHX Soul Food into a Hot Rod DeVille 410. Um, using the same mic and the bass was a Squire P bass recorded direct through the lineout on a Line 6 DT25. The little noodley guitar parts were recorded uh, with the same stuff, but with the EHX Canyon delay on a Memory Man setting. Uh, so the band camp uh, is, this guy's online persona is called uh, Spooky Sleepy. So you can check him out at spookysleepy.bandcamp.com or on Spotify at Spooky Sleepy. Uh, and this song is called Keeper. So go check it out. Or actually just listen to it right now and then go check it out. Bye, everybody. Stay grounded. Ah, you got me! (laughs) You're a keeper Whether I want you or not Watching me sleep In the corner of my bedroom I can hear you breathe As you creep up next to me Take me in your arms Who you are Ignoring all the places That I leave In the dark 
Oh! 